You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's have a look at the outlook for fixed income with Adam Furland, Portfolio Manager at 91 in Cape Town. Adam, if my internal calendar is correct, I think it was just over two years ago that myself and one of my regular commentators on my podcast channel started talking about inflation. And other people were doing it as well, but we were really banging it in and we were scratching our heads and saying, why has a certain central banker dismissed this as transitory? Because he's obviously looking at different screens to the ones that we were, i.e. not looking at the oil price going up, not looking at food prices going up, etc. And of course, eventually we were proved right. And as the year went on, inflation really started to kick in. And then last year came the response, and that was rising interest rates, and quite rapidly too. Now that situation that prevailed then and still prevails now, to a great extent actually, it must be very different to when you sat down, put your feet under your desk at 91 for the first time. Yes, quite a different picture at the start of this year, Lindsay. What we're starting to see globally is inflation surprises actually going to the downside across developed markets and across emerging markets. And we had a similar surprise here in South Africa, where the December print of headline CPI came in substantially lower than expectations. And also core inflation was a major component of that. With December being a big survey month for rentals, that surprised the market to the downside with the rental market being a bit slower to pick up than expected. And that, um, I think, gave the MPC the confidence and the room to think that they have taken rates very close to what they view the peak as and given them the time to slow down the pace of tightening, as we saw they did in the January MPC statement. Yes, indeed. I mean, they reduced the increment to the upside from 50 basis points to 25 basis points. That doesn't mean it's the end of the cycle, does it? You still think there might be another one, maybe even two quarter of a percent rises? So, yeah, firstly, I mean, the voting distribution source, two members voting for 50 at this meeting. So they obviously were comfortable raising rates to 7.5% given the forward inflation outlook and given the risks to that inflation outlook. They noted still some risks out there to our inflation profile in South Africa. And should those risks materialize, I think we definitely can see maybe one or maybe two more interest rate increases from the um, Reserve Bank. However, they definitely won't be beholden to that. If they do see an improvement in the profile, this could be the end for us and we could be on pause from this meeting. Well, let's hope so. You don't think that the inflation fall, which has been gratifyingly large in the United States, in South Africa and elsewhere, you don't think this might be a full start? That's interesting. I I mean... Thinking about what has driven inflation higher and what is causing it to come down this quickly, I mean, a big component of it has been energy and food prices. Energy prices, we've seen a warm winter in Europe, and that has seen natural gas prices declining and feeding through to the rest of the energy complex. I mean, that can turn around quite quickly, depending on um, certain outcomes from the ongoing war in Russia and Ukraine, and energy prices could shoot up again, so we could have a false start on energy. The same can be said for food. We've seen food prices peak, and that was also largely heavily impacted by fertilizer exports out of that Central Eastern Europe complex. So those two factors, that issue, um, that war not yet resolved and could definitely continue or reappear. However, what we now have is a much higher interest rate environment. We are starting to see services, factors in the inflation baskets globally that are impacted by sort of consumer demand. Those are starting to surprise lower. And that is telling you that the increase in rate hikes, the tightness of financial conditions, 
conditions is starting to have an impact on demand in economies. And that, I think, is not a false start that we are seeing coming through quite, quite significantly across the globe. Yeah, you sound as though you're quite optimistic, which is good, and I hope you're right. Let's go back again, if I can, Adam. Around about this time last year, you were probably changing strategy, given the situations that we've just described. Is that the case? Yes, we were definitely starting to think about a peak or how close we were to the peak in the rate cycle. And in response to that, I mean, definitely an environment where shorter dated bonds and bonds in general um, would be quite happy and an environment where your FX should start to underperform as an emerging market when your rate outlook starts to be a little bit more benign. So we would be um, in that environment. We look to add duration to our portfolios and at the same time increase a bit of offshore exposure. What I really meant was that this time last year, just as the rate cycle was starting to begin, in other words, to the upside, you had been used to, not so much in South Africa, but in general, traders and portfolio managers had been used to low inflation and low interest rates, but that all changed. Did you shift markedly from your previous strategy to a high interest rate, high inflation strategy? So... I think the difference we experience now as South African investors, uh, South African fixed income investors, is that offshore in the US now, you can earn sort of dollar cash rates of 4.5%. So that is a very real alternative to an emerging market now. There aren't zero rates offshore and foreign investors are forced into high yielding asset classes like emerging markets. So in our portfolios, uh, where we do have the ability to look offshore, definitely diversifying into a bit of global income and looking at your sort of lower risk investment grade credit asset classes where you are able to earn sort of dollar cash rates and enhanced by one or two percent six percent yield in dollars is very compelling even in a south african investors mindset so definitely a shift to being able to um, invest in lower risk sort of fixed income asset classes and earn attractive yields that are quite compelling in a higher rate environment such as south africa it seems as though you've got lots of opportunities on your radar at the moment. Where are you at the moment? What's your positioning? Currently, um, we are quite constructive on local fixed income, and that has a lot to do with two things. And it's probably more a change in the growth outlook than the inflation outlook or the rate environment. So the growth outlook for emerging markets was looking quite precarious in the third quarter of last year with the U.S. raising rates and that economy slowing quite quickly and um, China's economy still remaining closed with the European recession seeming almost imminent. What has changed since then is we've seen a more benign U.S. growth outlook. And more importantly, we've seen China's economy starting to reopen. And that China reopening has um, also invigorated Europe, being a major trade partner. Combined with the warm winter and the lower energy price impact on that economy, we're starting to see two of our major trading partners' economies starting to perform quite well, and we expect them to do so this year. So China and Europe may be a very large driver of growth in emerging markets this year, may be a very large driver of commodity prices on that China reopening trade. And because of that, um, we do expect emerging markets to benefit in that environment. And that gives us quite a constructive outlook on South African fixed income assets. Yeah, there are emerging markets and there are emerging markets. And then there's South Africa. I mean, last night at the ANC Lakotla, President Ramaphosa suggested that a state of disaster could be implemented because of the Eskom super crisis. Uh, what 
What's the reaction of the market to that, good or bad? Because on the one hand, the optimists will say, well, that's good because certain things, certain policies, certain legislation can be changed because of the, the state of disaster being declared. Other people are saying, that's not good. Look what the RAND's done since that happened. It's gone into the 1740s. What is your view at 91? Yeah, it's been very interesting the market reaction to the ESCOM disaster that's currently ongoing in South Africa. We currently sit at stage four load shedding today, and, and that has been around that level um, throughout the course of this year so far. The market reaction, I think the RAND has been underperforming where it should be over the last probably two to three weeks since the start of heightened load shedding. If we had performed in line with where we normally trade to emerging markets, the currency could be almost one RAND stronger versus um, the US so at 17.40 currently, we should be at 16.40. The bond market, however, has traded in line with its emerging market um, counterparts, and bonds have received inflows on the back of this positive emerging market sentiment, and we don't see this negative impact in our bond market as much. However, we have seen the area of the bond curve, which is quite sensitive to um, fiscal noise, the 30-year area of the bond curve, we have seen that part of the curve underperforming. And we believe that is due to this ongoing crisis with ESCOM and the feed through of what investors think, what impact that will have on growth and then on our fiscal revenues and on our budget deficits. In terms of our thoughts on the more recent news and the market's reaction, I mean, it can be viewed as quite positive that we are taking this crisis seriously and um, putting in place and implementing measures allowing government to more easily remove red tape and make decisions and, and take actions that need to be taken to reduce the amount of load shedding. There obviously are the bearish views out there saying that this removes checks and balances and allows for more corruption, as we may have seen during the state of disaster in COVID. So there definitely is a bit of both elements to it. But um, the market didn't seem too um, concerned about the news this morning. We haven't seen much of a reaction. The RAND was already elevated and I think more responding to global market moves rather than local news today. However, we are feeling slightly optimistic about the fact that action has been taken and, and some urgency is being shown. Very good. As for the outlook, I presume, well, you've given us your macro views, so I presume that your strategy will stay as it is and you'll just tweak here and there given the data points that will you know, be flooding in over the next few months. Most definitely. And I mean, February is a very big month in South Africa. We expect, obviously, we have the State of the Nation address on the 9th of February. We expect um, a cabinet reshuffle coming from the president quite imminently um, within this month. And we obviously have the budget towards the end of the month, as well as the decision on the grey listing um, of, of South Africa. So, what we're looking for is some decisive political moves and political appointments from the president at the cabinet reshuffle. That is going to be very important for the reform outlook and the reform agenda and the expectations of that from foreign investors. At the budget, we'll be looking for a concrete plan on ESCOM and a lot more detail on how much funding and how much this is going to cost the fiscus. Um, we'd like them to obviously remain prudent with spending, but put in place a plan that is going to make ESCOM as an entity sustainable into the future and allow them to, to operate normally and not with the current debt burden that they have. And finally, um, I mean, the grey listing is, is something that can definitely sour sentiment towards South Africa. And that announcement we expect later on in Feb. And 
I think reasonable progress has been made in terms of new laws and regulations made in the financial services by the FSB. However, I think we haven't quite yet met all criteria required to um, stay off that grey list. So um, it it is quite uh, an important decision to watch come the end of February. Such a busy time uh, domestically, and for you, that will keep you occupied, but you've also got the overseas markets to look at and the overseas macro to consider. I wish you luck with all that, Adam. Thank you very much for your analysis. That was Adam Furlan, who's a portfolio manager at 91 in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.